Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. As much as any player on this roster, I would argue your play is indicative of the quarterback carousel you guys have had. You just mentioned Carson, Phillip, Matt. Is it time to get a rookie? Well, that's above my uh, pay grade. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, one day maybe I get into the GM space, um, but I'm just going to trust Chris that he's going to do whatever like this team needs. So because then again, I mean, I mean, I don't get a choice. Like it doesn't matter like what I want, you know, like, nobody cares what I think. Right. Thursday edition of PFT Live. I know that feeling well. Nobody cares what I think. But you know what? People do listen to what we think and what we say. We're getting more and more feedback on some of the topics we've discussed this week to start the show. Okay. As the draft gets closer, we'll probably have less time to waste. We'll have to get to it more often than not as we get closer and closer. The countdown clock is not up yet, but I have a feeling it will be now that I've mentioned it right over there. It's 14 days and about... 13 hours oh, yeah. until the draft starts, and the Panthers are on the clock. So there it is. We won't Here be we shy of news then, that's for sure. That week leading up to no, we the won't. week after, we'll have plenty to talk about. In fact, we won't be able to cram it all into a two-hour show, most likely. So that that is the good thing that's around the corner. Especially if we continue to piss away the first 10, or as it's been this week, 15 minutes of the show talking about things other than the greatest sport in the universe, although who knows? With yeah. the number of galaxies out there, there there may be some greater sport that we're not yet aware of in a galaxy far, far away. Can't so, be better than the so, NFL. Go ahead, what? So, yeah. today, yeah. curious. Right. You slammed the brakes on the proceedings yesterday for one reason and one reason only. Right. Your wife was feeling a little neglected by the program. That's and she right. She asked for a hello. Did she appreciate the greeting 
she received. Happy wife, happy life, right? You got you to gotta do that. And I, I came in yesterday to the show going, I'm going to start the show saying hello. And we got talking. And then I almost forgot altogether. So we're on the couch last night. And she's like, oh, thanks for saying, you know, hello to me yesterday. That was great. And she's like, but, but there was a caveat. There was a caveat, right? She did not like that I brought up that, you know, oh, wait, Aunt, I say hi to Aunt Wendy. You don't say hi to me. And because she didn't say that, I ad-libbed that. I was just having fun. That's, I was just having fun with the moment. So she was a little disappointed I said that because she was like, well, it made it sound like I was like, you know, jealous that Wendy gets a hello. Wendy gets a hello every now and then. I was like, all right, so wait, you didn't like it? And she's like, no, I liked everything except that little part right there. So uh, she's a loyal listener, and I know she's listening right now as she's getting ready to get my son ready for school. But hello again to my wife, Danielle. And uh, yeah, she didn't. It wasn't a, a jealousy of Wendy, Aunt Wendy type of thing. So I feel bad that I portrayed that. See, you're learning. Yeah, yeah. You've been married how long now? 18 uh, years? 19, 19 this years. July. Getting, 19, yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. See, when you do the thing that your wife wants you to do, it's important to do it in a way that is pleasing. It can't just be something that is done like, oh, all right, oh yeah, okay. You I'll can't do attach it. strings. No. You can't. You can't do that. You've got to do it the right way. Now, I thought she was going to be upset about me calling you a big-headed freak, but apparently <laughs> Neither, she, she's fine she, with that. <laughs> she knew. Yeah. She she knew. She went fast. This isn't new information <laughs> yeah, to her. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, all right, good. Um. Another thing, and I know that you never check your email. I sent you an email. Oh, yesterday, I saw I this morning. I saw this morning. I did. I I don't check my email a ton, right? I'm kind of like, or, you know, maybe later in the afternoon, early morning checker of the email. And yes, here I go. No subject. I know you don't read, but if you're ever looking for something, here's my new book. It's not about JFK, but JFK is mentioned twice, including in chapter one. From Mike Florio. So that was a very nice surprise this morning. Thank you very much, Michael. I'll check it out. You know me and reading. No, you won't. Always go no, you together. Won't. I'll give no, it a look. I'll give it a no, look. You won't. Yeah. No, you won't. Okay. It's got some F words in it. You may like that ah, part. I there, like that. there may not be many references to your favorite agricultural product, although I can think of at least one, maybe two, but it's not a central part of the plot. So you'll be disappointed if right. you're looking for characters that you can relate to because. They like to roll. No big-headed freaks that smoke weed. In the no big-headed freaks. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think. Are there any big-headed freaks? There, 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 there is a guy that is kind of big-headed who, who uh, is a former boxer who's kind of a freak. But uh, that's the closest that that uh, that it comes. But uh, but anyway, I I have an advanced copy. I have a, an advanced copy that I that I've been sending out to some friends and acquaintances. It's very nice know, of you. I, I appreciate to be hell? in that club. Uh, I really do, and especially I saved you, know. you four ninety nine. Yeah, all right. Thank you. I saved very you four ninety nine. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. By the way, by the way, since we're talking about it, completely accidentally and unplanned, the book is Father of Mine. It comes out in twelve days. You can pre order it anywhere that you pre order ebooks for four ninety nine. There will be a paperback option as well. But if you want to go cheap. Four ninety nine, direct to consumer, keeping it cheap, taking it to the people. There's nothing you can buy for four ninety nine except for about three weeks of a blue badge on Twitter. That's about all you can get for four ninety nine, <laughs> yeah. and I don't think they'll let you buy it 
partial month. You still got to pay <laughs> right. the eight ninety nine or whatever it is for the full month. All right. So uh, anything else? Anything else to get to? No, nah, that's business? it. That's it. I'm excited. It's my seven, Friday. So waste some more time. Yeah, you know that. It's my Friday. I'm excited for the oh, weekend. We got I good got weather something. here, so that's always good. I got something. Yeah. One of our loyal listeners suggested an extra layer, next level game for when you're watching Jeopardy. And right. I tried it last night and I right. failed. Right. Apparently, there is a habit that some have developed where when the topic is unveiled for Final Jeopardy, you guess the answer or the question technically then and there. Based only on the topic, you see the topic and you say, "Here's the here's the, the question the that they're going to ask." Here them? it is. Yes, right. gotcha. Yes, okay. Yeah. okay. So last night, last night, the topic was Bill of Rights. Right. So my first thought was search and seizure, Fourth Amendment. So if you watched it or you know, I didn't, you didn't watch, watch it. Week. I won't spoil it. For no, you. it's okay. Spoil but, it. Was it? Were you right or but, not? No, I was wrong. I was okay. wrong. All I'll right. just say that you got a one in ten shot with the Bill of Rights. I was wrong. But uh, that so that's a a new Caveat. a new little wrinkle. Yeah. Okay. All right. Guess it before you even know what the clue is based on just the topic. So I'm going to start trying that. All right. Good uh, luck until with that I one. get it. I just want to get it once before I die, uh, okay. which who knows? Maybe sooner rather than later. Especially once once uh, this mob book comes out and they realize that omertas were broken. Oh uh, gosh, yeah, they're coming board. after you. You might be, be sleeping with the fishes. You better shoes. watch out. <laughs> well, there is a pond on the property, so they wouldn't have to take me very far. I don't know how deep it is. It, it's it's got to be five eleven and three quarters, or I guess it would be five. I guess it could be. Oh, they could cram right. you in some barrel and make nose. you shorter than 5'11", so don't you worry. Thanks. They can get you in there. <laughs> that's, that's a pleasant thought. All right, let's get to it. Uh, we played some sound at the top as it relates to the Colts and the quarterback woes. And, and look, we have had this conversation in the past. I remember talking to Chris Ballard about it last year, the GM of the team. They want to get off this cycle of veteran quarterback because – Every time they get the veteran quarterback post-retirement of Andrew Luck, they get him a year too late. Right. They get Phillip Rivers a year too late. They get Carson Wentz at least a year too late. They get Matt Ryan definitely a year too late. They want someone they can develop. Right. They want someone that will grow up in that system right. the way Luck did, the way Peyton Manning did. And on that note, here's new Colts coach Shane Steichen from yesterday talking about this lingering question. Because remember, after the league meetings, we had boiled it down to maybe one team and one team only interested in Lamar Jackson. Here's what Steichen had to say about the franchise-tagged Ravens quarterback. Dress, you guys have spent a lot of time zeroing on these quarterbacks in this draft. There is outside a lot of noise, or has been a lot of noise, about you know, what other options you might uh, look into, Lamar Jackson or others. Mm-hmm. Is it fair to say you're more focused on the draft than any other possibilities right yeah, now? Yeah, we're focused on the draft, and I'm focused on the guys that are in the building right now. That's 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 where we're at. I mean, it's not a definitive no, but for now they're focused on the draft. And that was one of the theories that I threw out there a couple of weeks ago. We're so close to the draft now. Let's see who gets quarterbacks in the draft. The teams we suspect are looking, the teams we know are looking, and the teams that may not be looking, a la the Chiefs six years ago when they had Alex Smith, who had taken him to the playoffs multiple times, and then they swoop in, trade up, and get Patrick Mahomes. There could be a team out there that's looking to cut the line in front of the Colts right. to get, for example, an Anthony Richardson. Sure. So they're in a, 
a tough spot. They're in a delicate position, and it yet again proves the value. Once you know your season is lost, there's value in losing those games. There's value in being bad. I don't want to revisit the whole tanking conversation we've had in the past today. I have a feeling it'll come up again at some point, but there's value in being bad. If the Colts had been just a little bit worse, it would be more clear that they're going to get a guy that could come in and turn the franchise around at the quarterback position. Whether or not they pull it off this year depends upon whether or not somebody jumps them to number three, and they may have to make the flip-flop to three Mm -hmm. to keep that from happening. Yeah, no, I I think that's a, a real possibility, something to watch out for. You know, it, you know, if if they do move up to three, there's a guy that they look at where you go, oh, they want him, they need him, they know this is the guy for them. That's it. If they stay at four, that would kind of tell me that you know they're comfortable with more than one guy. And there might be one guy they like more, but they're comfortable with more. At least those are the the inklings I would take from the situation to a degree. You know, I, I thought that was a pretty definitive answer from Shane Steichen, though. I felt like he was giving the body language as an answer of, like, I've had enough of this question and this Lamar thing, and we're focused on the draft and what's right here. And he was basically trying to say stop without saying stop. At least it's the way I took it, Mike. I, I know we all can see it different ways there. But but I understand that, too. You know, as awesome as Lamar Jackson is, right, you know that, one, yeah, he's played a certain style that you're going to try to formulate around him more where, you know, you draft a guy, you get to program the robot. He doesn't used to, oh, wait, I like to do this or I want to do that or, hey, I like this in the offense or whatever. You just teach him and he becomes part of the offense and part of the system. That's where, you know, coaching a young guy has an advantage for a new head coach like Shane Steichen to where they can grow together and formulate the offense together and be a part of that. And most offensive coaches want that type of relationship. So that seems to be the route they're comfortable going here right now. And what I'm really interested in is just when they, if they do draft a quarterback, which I, I think we all think they are going to do, what, what route are they going to go, right? The conversation we had, are they going to go the Anthony Richardson, we're going to play Jalen Hurts type of offense, or are they going to go a Will Levis or a Hendon Hooker and go, no, I'm going to play the offense I played with Justin Herbert out in, in uh, Los Angeles there. That's what I'm interested in. So there's a few things here that are you know quite interesting surrounding the Colts situation. Well, and that's the reality, too, that the teams that we know are or we suspect to be looking for quarterbacks are not going to tell us who they want for a variety of reasons. Yeah. It's harder to get the guy that you want if you tell the world who you want than you know that anyone else who wants him has to get to number three in order to get him. It may be someone other than Anthony Richardson. And I've I've been meaning to ask you this question too, because it was the BYU quarterback, Jaron Hall, who recently said he's talked to pretty much every team in advance of the draft. And I don't know where he fits, but there's a belief out there that maybe some teams view him more highly than folks in the media do. Okay. What was your assessment of him when you looked at the quarterbacks? And would you be surprised if he ends up being not one of the top three quarterbacks or four quarterbacks taken, but what if he what if he and Hendon Hooker are vying to be the fifth quarterback off the board? Yeah, I, I don't think that. I don't think that. I think he's more of a guy that's down the line, Mike, of a mid-round pick where teams like him and they go, there's some stuff here about this guy. He's got a nice little motion. He's a good little athlete. The throwing as it is right now – 
is a little below average, in my opinion, for NFL standards. But there is some things there to work with. And I think that's where, you know, a guy like that gets – he talks to every team, whether it's a visit and at the Combine, Zoom, or whatever, because teams look at it and go, hey, wait, he, you know, plays the game the right way, has some attributes that translate today's NFL, and there's some things here where, ooh, I like it, he can get better here, but I think he can do that. That would be Jaron Hall. I think he's kind of in that situation. I still don't think he would be in the top, you know – five, six, seven quarterbacks maybe, but he's maybe in that next group right there, you know, with guys that teams circle off to go, hey, played a little bit, knows how to play the position, potential to be better. Maybe he could be something, you know, as everybody's looking for their Brock Purdy or that mid-round diamond in 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 the haystack type of guy. Well, and Brock Purdy's is... As late round as you can get, oh, the last guy yeah, taken last right. year. So there are guys out there who will fit in a certain system. There See, definitely that's is the challenge, yeah. And that's that's the assessment that a team has to make. How does this guy fit with our team, with our offense, with our roster, with our coaching staff, with our culture? Yeah. Does he fit? We don't care what what other teams think of this guy. We don't care that he's not highly rated. And in many respects, it's better to develop with some anonymity. The problem is yeah. whoever a team like the Colts would bring in this year is going to have extra attention and pressure because the thinking is going to be they want to develop him into being the guy because the only other alternative right now, viable alternative, is Gardner Minshew in Indianapolis. Not that there's a problem with Gardner Minshew. He was a six-round guy who came in and played well right away as a rookie after Nick Foles got injured week one of the 2019 season. He's done some good things. He's kind of become forgotten in NFL circles. So maybe they're content to go with him and have a mid to late round guy develop until he's ready. Who knows? We'll find out. But the Colts clearly one of those teams that is in need of a quarterback and they'd prefer to go with someone that they get early in his career, yeah, right. not late in his career. I'd be but shocked, the result Mike, for right? The Colts is, Wouldn't you? Go ahead. I mean, I'd be go shocked ahead. if they if they didn't go quarterback. I really would. Um, you know, at least round one, round two, something towards the top. But I'd be pretty shocked if it didn't happen at pick four. I would. You know, I think it's 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 time. You don't know when you're going to be in this position. So that that's the first thing I wanted to throw at you, Mike. One other thing I wanted to throw at you surrounding this situation here is, I mean, by all due accounts, I feel like that comment, what we're talking about, like the Colts are off the board for Lamar Jackson, right? I just feel like as we go here, and I know there's some teams out there that still we could go, oh, they could use a quarterback or they could certainly use an upgrade or we know Lamar's better. But do we do we really think like legitimately – there's going to be a team that's going to come away after the draft and go, oh, we didn't get a quarterback, so now let's turn to Lamar, right? I don't know. I just feel like the farther we go down the road here, the more inevitable, and especially with the OBG, OBJ signing this week, that I just feel like it's it's Baltimore or bust, and they just, they're going to figure something out to make it work for this year, and then we'll just continue this drama story as we go on. I don't, I don't know. What are your thoughts on all that? I think you're right, because even if there's some other team out there that we don't know about that's lurking to try to make a move up to get a quarterback early. Yeah. A team like the Vikings. If the if the Vikings want to solve this Kirk Cousins problem once and for all, and they want to trade up and get a quarterback, if they don't get an offer to trade up that they like, that doesn't mean they're going to pivot to Lamar Jackson. You know, some of these surprise teams that currently have a bird in the hand, I don't think there's an easy path to pivoting from trading up to get a quarterback and then trading for 
Lamar Jackson and solving your quarterback problem as you do that. Like right. for a Vikings right. team, you can't have both Kirk Cousins and Lamar Jackson on the roster, but you could have Kirk Cousins and third overall pick quarterback on the roster for a year. So if it's a team out there that has a quarterback that we're not thinking, not flagging, not suspecting could jump up, I think it dramatically complicates their lives post-draft if they would say, we're going to try to find a way to get Lamar Jackson. Oh, and also unload our current quarterback right, at right. the same time. Because right. how can we have both guys on the roster? So I, I tend to agree. And and look, we're going to talk about OBJ coming up. I yeah, I think that I think that it's a pretty clear sign that the Ravens are trying to thaw the ice with Lamar Jackson. Yes. And it quite possibly is going to work. And it will be Baltimore or bust for Lamar Jackson in in 2023 for the Colts though whoever's a quarterback they have a different vibe than they've had in recent years they've gone from a team that's consistent contender to a team that you just don't know what they're going to do DeForest Buckner addressed that earlier this week the question of where the Colts are yeah here's the question here's the answer from the veteran defensive lineman this is what your eighth year if you hear the word rebuild a boy in a couple years you don't want to hear that, do you? I mean, no, definitely not. I hate that word. I mean, I've, I've been through, I've been through a rebuild. You know what I mean? And um, it's a process. You know what I mean? Uh, a re- rebuilds are definitely a process. I mean, my my first year, um, obviously, my rookie year in San Francisco. Um, you know, we went two and fourteen, and then uh, you know, coach got fired, um, brought in Kyle, and then um, you know, majority of the roster was was gone. You know, brought in, brought in new guys and. You know, it took a couple of years. I mean, didn't take till I mean my, my fourth year in the league when we went to the Super Bowl. I mean, we yeah, we we're building the team, the culture, and all of that up to that point. But I was a young player, so I was able to you know, kind of grind through those tough years and stuff like that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, as you get older, uh, rebuild is definitely not a word you want to hear. Well, but it's part of the reality, and you yeah. get traded to a team, or you stay with the team that drafted you. The, the circumstances can change quickly at any given time. And it all goes back to the Andrew Luck retirement. They would still be right in the thick of things in the AFC if Andrew Luck hadn't chosen to retire. And I don't fault him for doing it, but the reality is that was the moment that the Colts got thrown into a tailspin from which they've yet recovered. And I think that organizationally what they would like to do once and for all is solve this quarterback problem for the long haul, not for one year at a time, one year at a time, one year at a time, swing and miss, swing and miss, swing and miss on veteran. They want someone that they can plug in sooner than later and get it done. And it may take a year. Right. This may be a rebuilding year for the Colts, but look at what happened after 1998 when they were 3-13 and with Peyton Manning. What happened? From 1999 through 2010, they were relevant every single season. They were great Every single season. And we talk about teams that we're disappointed they only ever won one championship like the 85 Bears. When you look at how great in the regular season those Colts teams were. Exactly. From 99 through 2010. It's a disappointment that they only won one Super Bowl. Right. Right. Well, yeah. You know, hey, yes, you're right about that. There's a few things I'll say about that. Yes, you're right. Hey, they were going against one of the greatest dynasties we've ever seen. So that's tough, right? They lost another one that was a heartbreaker. And I'll say this, too. And the, and the greatness of Peyton Manning, I do think, made those teams look a little better than they really were, right? 
that that's one thing I would always say. Like where they we ended the year and we went, they were twelve and four, thirteen and three, and I wanted to go because I was playing during those years. I'd go, yeah, yeah, they're like an eleven and five or ten and sixteen. But they had Peyton Manning and he pulled out like three rabbits out of his ass during the year in the fourth quarter, like he always did because he was Peyton freaking Manning. And all of a sudden we'd go, hey, they're fourteen and two, they're thirteen and three, they're the best team in football. So that's sometimes what a great quarterback can do. But your point's real. I didn't mean to go down that tangent. I just kind of popped in my head there. Um, but but you're right about the Colts. But, but hang on. Yeah, hang go on, ahead. Hang go on. Ahead, hang go on. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Good. G- g- give me a timeout cool, here. Cool. I like it. Because I don't necessarily agree with you. Okay. I don't necessarily agree with you. Right. They had great players around Peyton Manning. They, they had Marvin Harrison. They had Reggie Wayne. They had Edron James. Sure. And when he left, they drafted Dominic Rhodes. And, and they had a great tight end in Dallas Clark. Yeah, and they no, had defensive I, players like Dwight Freeney and Bob Sanders. I mean, it was when Bob Sanders finally got healthy in 2006 for the playoff run that everything changed. I know. But, you know, I, but, I, but I'm so, saying, like, yes, there is good players. I get that. All the top teams have good players. I'm not trying to I, – I understand that. I'm just saying I think we viewed them a little – like, that year they won the Super Bowl, teams were running for 200 yards a game on them. We were going, oh, my gosh, a team ran for 300 yards on them. And why did they still go, you know, with a great record? Why was that? It wasn't because of the great defense. It was because of the magic man, a quarterback, who was going, oh, check, Apple, do, 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 Omaha, said, hut. And then he made it all work. So that's where he's, uh, you're right. And I, that's where I, these conversations are dicey. There's a lot of really good football players on the team. They won a Super Bowl and they were in the combo every year. I'm just saying, in my opinion, all right, and I'm not saying I'm right, I think they were viewed at a little bit better than they actually were because of the sheriff at quarterback. That's all I was trying to say. All right, sorry. So to the right. point of rebuilding <laughs> yeah. now where the cool. Colts are, yeah. post-Andrew Luck, four right. years after he surprised everyone and walked away. Yeah. I mean, I know DeForest Buckner doesn't like it, but what can right. you do? Right, right. It's and a reality. He, yeah, you said it, right? It was a tough situation, and they were – a team and Ballard had built and Frank Reich early on there where, I mean, we looked at them and we go, they're, they're in the Super Bowl window. So that's, it was ruined because of that. And I don't think you, we can lose sight of that. And hopefully that's why Jim Ursai likes Chris Ballard so much. He realizes that too, but uh, I, it, it's a weird situation with them, right? First off, we know you can get, we've seen teams with young quarterbacks go to the Super Bowl all the time. Now, second, third year quarterbacks all the time. So that's a possibility in this. And if they get an Anthony Richardson and he becomes everything they want him to be, wow. Also, with their different, Mike, too, is like it isn't, it, it, does, it is weird from the normal number four pick. Like you look at Houston at two and go, damn, they got issues everywhere. And or Arizona, you go, oh, they got wish, issues everywhere. The Colts don't necessarily have that. You know, their defense, it's still damn good. It is. I mean, if they had any offense last year, it was better than the 15th-ranked defense in football. For most of the year, they were in the top seven or eight until the end of the season where things kind of fell apart in the Jeff Saturday experiment. You know, the O-line, it's still got some pieces there. Jonathan Taylor, healthy, right? So, like, yeah, it's a rebuild, but not the rebuild we're talking about. It's like a refurbish, or a, and let's see if we can kind of keep it going from there because I do think their defense is still going to be a pain in the butt, and their running game has a chance to be damn good still too. And Shane Steichen's good to where I, I wouldn't be shocked if they were back in the picture two or three years from now, I guess is what I'm saying. 
Yeah, I wouldn't either. But again, quarterback is the key. That's the key. We've seen great Colts teams in recent years when they've had great quarterbacks who were healthy enough to play like Peyton Manning, who eventually became not healthy enough to play, and they moved on to Andrew Luck, and then Andrew Luck decided to no longer play, in large part because he was having issues staying healthy, and it is a grueling process with the pain, the unavailability, the uncertainty, the issues to get yourself back to full health. He was getting banged around too much. They finally got that offensive line fixed a little bit too late, but the quarterback position is what they need to fix now, and maybe DeForest Buckner will be happy. They'll get a guy who can come in right away and make a difference in Indy. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider, 1921 bacon cheese slider, or chicken bacon ranch slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 bacon bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Bailey Zappi, a guy that came in last year and had some flashes, had some moments, and it's clear he did enough that Coach Bill Belichick, based upon what he said 17 days ago in Arizona at the league meetings, there's a competition between Zappi and Mac Jones in 2023. Here's barely Zappi from yesterday talking about this opportunity that he has to win the starting quarterback job in New England. You know, if my opportunity presents itself, like I've been saying, I'm going to take full advantage of it. I'm going to do everything I can to help the team win. Um, you know, that's really all I can say from that standpoint. That's Coach Belichick's decision, whatever he decides. But um, if the opportunity presents itself, I'm going to be ready and take full advantage of it. Spoken like a true Stepford Patriot. I mean, would we expect it to come out any other way? And, you know, you've given me a hard time about the white spot on my neck. Look at the white spot on Bailey Zappi's neck. I meant to say something about that the last time we showed this side-by-side where they really do look alike. I mean, they came off the Stepford Patriot assembly line together. The only problem is Mac Jones has has a defect in the wiring that causes him to create a little more a little more chaos in the organization than Bailey Zappi does. But... You know, there aren't many open competitions anymore in the NFL at quarterback, but there's usually one or two every year. It's not a major thing, but for a team that's struggling to keep up with the rest of the division, this is the biggest question hovering over the the Patriots. And 
of course, Bailey Zappi is ready to go compete and try to earn the job. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, and he said all the right things. You're right. It was a typical Patriot answer. He had Bill Belichick, you know, standing on his shoulders. He was thinking about his answer to that question. Uh, I, I, I don't, you know, hey, New England, everything's a competition. I mean, they don't ever just let anybody have, like, free reign to think you're the man unless you're, like, yeah, Tom Brady in your prime or Gronk in your prime, Right. Mac Jones, I fully expect him to be the starter, right? But is he going to get, like, you know, uh, what do they say, carte blanche, where it's just like, oh, he can do whatever you want, or, he, oh, he threw three interceptions in an OTA practice and he's guaranteed to be the number one quarterback the next week in OTAs? No, not necessarily. He's got to stay on his stay on his game, for sure. It's a big year. But I, I still think Billy O'Brien's brought, bought, brought, uh, brought in there and – you know, what they want to do as an offense, I still think is formulated around Mac Jones. I do. And I think his skill set is is uh, d- definitely a level above Bailey Zappi. That, that's for sure to where I don't think it'll be much of a competition per se, Mike. It's not carte blanche, but it's, it's close. Okay. You get points for effort. It's okay. carte blanche. Carte blanche. I think, I think you're a little twisted up from laissez-faire. Maybe. I yeah. Why do I want to always add on that carte? On I don't know why I want to add that tay on the uh, carte blanche. Okay. And I don't even know. even like what, is, what, the hell is, what does that mean? What the hell does that mean? I'm not even sure. I Just a word or a phrase I, I throw like out there. Free clean reign? Clean slate. Clean slate. Okay. I think blanche, blanche I think is white. I think it's like a blank page, like a oh, white gotcha. page. Oh, gotcha. Like yeah, white, okay. Gotcha. It's French. Right. We'll look it up during the break, and then we'll forget to mention it later. Okay. If anyone knows what carte blanche means. <laughs> Email, Florio. It's not carte blanche. Please let me know. <laughs> Florio at profootballtalk.com. Regardless, uh, the guy with the blanche neck, Bailey Zappi, he's got a chance to be to be the uh, the starter this year. I still think it'll be Mac. I, 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 do, I, don't I know. know. I There's... There's Shakespearean stuff going on in New England. Some of it's bubbled up. Some of it hasn't. Right. Some of the folks around the league who who try to stay in the good graces of Bill Belichick are saying there's nothing to see here. There's plenty to see here. There's something going on, and it makes for an interesting season. We had all those years where the Patriots were dominant. This is a year where they are just struggling to stay afloat as they get pushed down by the Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fight yeah. for the Patriots every step. It is. Would it be crazy, way. though, the AFC East? I mean, you know, I mean, we certainly could see three teams in that division go to the playoffs. I, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw four. You know, I wouldn't. I'm not going to count the Patriots out of the playoff conversation. You know, we saw what they did last year with, you know, lack of a better way to say it, a shit offense. The offense is going to be better this year. And that defense has still still got some players on it. So, you know, as much as we still go in eh, eh, and they're not sexy and exciting and we don't expect them to dominate, I don't know, Mike, I, I still feel like they're going to be a player or a new uh, a nuisance in, in the AFC for sure. By the way, there is a better way to say that. There are better words. There are other words you could use. And and I do have to disclose. Yeah. Peel back the curtain. Right. For the first time ever. Right. I did get some feedback from from higher ups about our propensity to drop the periodic gas bomb. First time ever. So at least they're listening. Okay. I think part yeah. of it was right. we're doing it to see if they're listening. They are. So 
Maybe in addition to a copy of my book that I sent you, because you will learn some words in there that you already know. Kid has learned sometime. Kid learned before he was on Regis <laughs> Philbin's show. Maybe I should buy you a thesaurus so you won't have lack of a better word. So you will be able to come up with something that is socially acceptable but still gets your point across. And the point you're making yeah. about the, the AFC East and how yeah. good the teams are, remember, I know. one of the key ingredients – is who you play. Mm. And we looked at the Jets schedule a few weeks back right. because I was fascinated by the tug of war that's going to happen among the networks for Jets games when they get Aaron Rodgers. They play all the teams of the AFC West yeah. this Yikes. year, Yikes. and they play all the teams of the NFC East. Now, a couple of years ago, oh, that's pretty good. Right. Not, Not with anymore. the Cowboys, the Giants, the Eagles, and whatever the commanders are going to be, who knows. So... I think it makes it harder when you venture out of the division. It's hard enough in the division without round robin, home yeah, and home. Right. Now you go out of the division, you're playing eight teams, nearly half your schedule against the AFC West and NFC East. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to get two teams in the playoffs no in the doubt. AFC East this year. You're right. You're right. I mean, that, that doesn't sound like a, team, a division or a schedule where you go, oh, they can, they can make four into the playoffs. I mean – yeah, and, and we know the AFC, I mean, crap, the AFC North, that's stacked too. We certainly can look at it right there and go, there's three, four playoff caliber teams just in that division where you'd go, I wouldn't be shocked if any of them were in it. Maybe the Steelers are the one team I look at to go, I don't know. They got some rebuilding, but still, they're the Steelers. They're going to be there. AFC is loaded right now, but I do expect it to be Mac Jones. You know, He is a, still the top 15 pick. He did lead them to a playoffs as a rookie. You know, last year he had an injury and they were there last game of the year with a chance to beat Buffalo. Really? I mean, I mean, gosh, if, if it isn't for special teams in that last game, I'm not so sure they might not upset the Bills who were kind of floundering towards the end of the season there. Uh, but regardless, hey, that's, it's definitely a question. And like we said earlier this week, it's a big year for Mac Jones. It's a big year for the Patriots in general. It's a big year for Bill Belichick and that his legacy has taken a little bit of a hit i think in some people's eyes not mine but you still want it to end in a on a high note here and i think we're coming down the tracks here of the last year two maybe three of bill belichick's career to where i know he's got pride and competitive nature into him where he doesn't want to go out on a on a bad note or a, on a bad football team and speaking of that there's been some chatter we haven't talked about this, and I didn't mention it for the rundown today. I haven't even written about it yet at PFT, yeah. but I've become aware of some chatter, some belief that after the draft, Nick Casario may leave the Texans and return to New England. I don't Whoa. know if you've caught wind of I that. I did not. No. But that would be another. That would be another. If that happens, yeah. Sign. that would be another thing that just kind of loads up the Patriots. And before then, though, you got to make your draft picks. Belichick's got to make his picks without Casario before that happens, and the draft is a key component of what a, a prospects a team will have. And really, if Casario would come back, like what more can you really do yeah. as a GM or a VP of player personnel post-draft? You do some churning of the roster through the off-season program and training camp, and you constantly see guys getting cut. Like, That's it. And it just shows you how important the off-season program is. Guys yeah. routinely get cut during the off-season program. Based upon their they, – they are there voluntarily. Right. They show up voluntarily right. and they get cut 
because they're not good enough during voluntary workouts. So that is part of what a GM can do. But it would Definitely. be more about laying the foundation for the future yeah. and just trying to maybe get the gang back together. Bill O'Brien's back. Nick Casario back. Okay, we're going to settle this down and we're going to push this into the future because Belichick wants to catch Don Shula and his best chance of catching him is where he is. Yeah. Not if he gets pushed out the door by Robert Kraft and has to go start over again somewhere else. Yeah, no, exactly right. And I don't think he wants to start anywhere else. You know, I think that's home to him. That's where his heart is. That's where, you know, he's got family and tons of people in that area, you know, through the Cape Cod into Nantucket area. I mean, he's indoctrinated into the fabric of New England up there. I don't think he wants to go anywhere. He's going to try to make this work. It's interesting with the Nick Casario thing. That really is. Uh, I'll be interested to see if that comes to fruition and really happens there. But, yeah, it's it seems like, hey, we know the experiment last year didn't work. He's getting the band back together or whatever, and, you know, hopefully they can go on one more run and Belichick can be satisfied with the way the, the end of his career kind of all shapes up. He'd have two more Super Bowl wins, but for the New York Giants, who took away a ring in 42 and four years later in 46, the Giants have a couple of issues as their offseason program prepares to open. Now, this one isn't a surprise. It was reported yesterday that Saquon Barkley won't sign his franchise tag ahead of the offseason program. He's due to make just about $10.1 million on a one-year deal. He's not under contract until he signs until he accepts the tender. He's no more an employee of the Giants, Chris, than you or me without accepting that tender. And I saw it reported yesterday or explained yesterday that because he hasn't signed the tender, he's not eligible to be present for the offseason program. That is actually incorrect, and that mistake is made every year by someone. You can still show up for the offseason program. You do a letter of protection just like the draft picks do before they sign their contracts, although fewer and fewer don't sign their contracts early in today's NFL, but it used to be you'd have your whole slate of draft picks participate in the offseason program without contract. Right. They sign the letter of protection, and in the event something happens, you get your full pay for the coming year. So Saquon Barkley is not going to be there if he's not going to be there to withhold services in order to put pressure on the Giants to give him a contract. That's why he would be doing it. And here's the caveat. He's still going to work out. If he gets injured somewhere else, he don't get paid this year. So if you're going to work out anyway, there is value. There is wisdom in working out in the team facility because you get a free $10 million insurance policy against the worst-case scenario. Not that guys think that way, but who's the tackle that found out the hard way? Jawan James. The guy that was with the Broncos. Yes. Jawan James, Yes. Working out on his own. Working out on his own. Blew out his Achilles, and the team said, sorry, sucks for you, not for us. We're not paying you. So – I think Saquon Barkley should really think that through before he completely withholds services from the standpoint of doesn't show up to work out. Because you're going to work out anywhere, you should work out in the building. Yeah, what, Mike, what is your biggest reason or what do you think it is? Why why not sign it? Just so you're not susceptible to what not showing up and getting fined? Or what, what is the biggest reason or benefit well, for Saquon not signing it? This is year six for him. Yeah. This gets back to everything we've talked about with Austin Eckler. He's been kind of the poster child for this argument this year that running backs get screwed yeah. by NFL teams, by the NFL formula that's in place to pay young players. Their best years come at a time when they're on this controlled salary. They don't get rewarded for it. I've yet to write the thing that I plan to write based on your idea that guys should get paid more from a league-wide fund 
early in their career based on yards and touchdowns and all the things that make them fantasy football stars. Right. Because by the time they're eligible for that contract, who cares? So for Saquon Barkley, you play one more year for $10.1 million, Fine. Where am I next year? Yeah. I'm six years in. I'm closer to 30. Who's going to give me the money I could have gotten this year on the open market? So let me turn this $10.1 million into two years, $20 million. Right. Right? Right. With a couple of phony years on the back end that the team can either keep me or cut me. But let me get more security. Let me leverage my current circumstance into more security because I have none after this season. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but like, still not why, – why not sign the tender? You know what I mean? The franchise, though. You can still negotiate this and do all of that, you know. I, I, that, that's where I, I – you know, to your point, it, it seems like it just – like, it, it it's, protects them for the workouts like you talked about. It's like one of those things that I feel like became a subject, and I don't really know exactly why, right? Like – is it because of, he doesn't want to show up for training camp and then not be able to be fined because of that? I mean, that's the, those are the reasons I can only look at to go, wait, that, that would be a reason not to do it. But other than that, I don't know why, why do it this day and age. Usually the guy stays away yeah. pending the deadline July 15. This year it's July 17 because yeah. the 15th lands on a Saturday to sign a multi-year deal. That is your main leverage yeah. to get that multi-year deal. I'm not going to be around. I'm not going to be there until we know whether or not I have a multi-year deal. After that, okay, what are we going to do? I sign the tender. I show up. I play for one more year. Unlike Le'Veon Bell, who did sit out all of the 2017 or 2018 yeah. season. I think it was 17. I can't remember what year it was. I think it was 17. I think it was 20, 20, one of those years, yeah. he showed up right before the start of the regular season, and then he sat out the entire year, and then he became a free agent. And he still got a decent amount of money from a Jets team that was bidding against no one right. and got duped into thinking that the Ravens were there offering real money. But regardless, the goal, I think, would be to try to get more security because Saquon Barkley, given the position he plays, given his injury history and given his age, He's never going to get that big contract on the open market. And hey, 10.1 for one year is a damn good deal at the running back position, but that's it. We talked about that earlier in the week. Yeah. You only have so many opportunities as an NFL player to get paid. And once that window closes, it closes for good. And it may close on Saquon Barkley this year. Yeah. No, I, I understand and, well, that. What's the guarantee he's going to stay healthy all year? No, like I he know, did last I know. year. No. What's the guarantee he's yeah. going to have another big year? And, and, and even if he does, even if he does. What, what, what's the guarantee that a team's going to say, well, we got to pay him a bunch of money, even though we know there's a risk he's going to get injured? Yeah. Or the, the tread's just off the tires. Right. We can go out and draft a guy in round three who can come in and do everything that we need right. for a hell of a lot less money. So I think that, I think that that's, that's the only thing that makes sense right now. He's not signing the tender because he's trying to leverage it into some security, into some guarantees from the Giants. For next year yeah. and possibly beyond so he can secure his future with the Giants. Because as it stands, it's one more year and out. They're not going to tag him next year at a 20% no. increase over the $10.1 million he's making this year. No, no, I, I know that. I know that. And, I mean, I, I, Saquon's a phenomenal talent. He deserves to be paid. He does. And you know that we, we have a soft spot in our heart anyways, both you and I, for this running back position, for the things you stated a few minutes ago. Um but I just, yeah, I, I worry. I'm, I'm only saying sign it just because I just like the reasons you say. I'm thinking of the, 
the worst things that could happen. And you could still be the disgruntled, I want more and negotiate and, you know, not show up for OTAs and the voluntary workouts and all that and still make your point. That's all I was saying. I didn't know if maybe I was missing something there. You're, you know, I, I think your point is, is, is probably right or the point. Uh, it just gives them a little bit more leverage. I just was kind of trying to flush it out, like how much leverage, why do it? Um, so that, that's kind of where my head was at. But he's a huge part of that offense. Him being there for OTAs and all that, it's not that crucial. He knows it now, right? They love Saquon Barkley in that organization. They do. And, you know, to the point, you know, you said, I said, like we saw last year, when he's healthy, he's one of the best running backs in football, and it's a team that doesn't have necessarily top-tier weapons in football either. They got some good now with Darren Waller, but they need Saquon Barkley and his playmaking ability and his ability to do more than what the play you know, says on the chalkboard there. Um, so hopefully they can work something out that works for both sides here. The risk he's taking is the draft approaches. Yeah is that the Giants will get someone that they view as an appropriate and acceptable replacement for Barkley, and they'll remove the tender and free up immediately $10.1 million in cash and cap space. I think it's why Tony Pollard signed the tender. Coincidentally, I'm not going to say that we influenced him to do it, but I do know yeah. that that those contemplations were occurring as we were putting out there this idea, hey, look at what Austin Eckler is experiencing as he tries to find a trade partner. Look at where the market is at tailbacks. These guys with the franchise tender, they got to ask themselves, yeah. if all of a sudden it goes away, am I getting $10.1 million for this year? And if the team that has you, if the Raiders with Josh Jacobs or the Giants with Saquon Barkley land a running back that they feel pretty good about, that they could plug right in day one, why wouldn't they? It's a business at the end of the day. These are all interchangeable parts of a giant football machine, and every piece that's inside now eventually is going to be pulled out and cast aside for a new piece. And if you don't sign that franchise tender, that is the risk you're taking, that they're going to say, fine, we're done. We're out. Good luck getting $10.1 million elsewhere. Yeah. And even a guy like Saquon Barkley, if, if post-draft all of a sudden the franchise tag is removed, who's giving him $10 million at that point? Who's even got $10 million laying around that they can give to him? I, I I feel like with a player like Saquon, somebody will find ten million for a year or two and take that risk. I do. I think he's that caliber of a player. I think he's that caliber of a player. You know, forget all the personal stuff where you know we, we know the Giants like him and Dayball likes him and all that. You know, and I, your point's real. I understand that. I was certainly going going through my brain as well. But this is a team that formulated their offense around the run game. They're one of the best running offenses in football. He's a big part of that. And he's special to where, like, nobody in the draft, unless you have B. John Robinson in your lap right there, and then you want to go down that road again too. But even, you know, for that draft pick, you're going to be close to, you know, first-round running back. You're going to be close to paying him $10 million for the first year too. Or it's going to be, you know, somewhere close to that at least. Where – after that, though, there's no Saquon Barkley's don't grow on trees. There's a reason he was the number two picks, and that would be, I think, looked on very negatively here in the New York area for as much as Saquon's liked as a person and a player, and he was a draft, you know, draft-grown home pick here. I messed up that phrase. You know what I meant to say there. Uh, I just I homegrown. Don't, I, homegrown. I wouldn't see that happening. I guess is what I'm trying to say. 
Yeah, I, I just think that it's, it's, it's a risk yep. that both Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley have to assume by not accepting their franchise tender because it's not going to be easy. The $10 million is not going to fall out of the trees on which Saquon Barkley's don't grow. That money doesn't grow on trees for veteran running backs, especially when you get into May. Um, another guy who's not going to show up, Sexy Dexy, the guy who completely wrecked the offensive line of the Minnesota Vikings repeatedly in a playoff win. Dexter Lawrence won't be there for the start of the offseason program. He wants a long-term deal. He is entering his fifth-year option, $12.4 yep. That's right. Due to make that money this year. Yep. And and look, here, and, and I remember in 2010, God, it's been 13 years ago, interviewed the commissioner for a, a preseason magazine that we did. We did one and only preseason magazine, nothing like discovering a dying medium as it's as it's uh, preparing to sleep with the fishes. But we did have one magazine that we did, and that was at the time when the commissioner was pushing for the rookie wage scale because the argument was guys like Jamarcus Russell and other high-level busts are taking money out of the system that never comes back, and they never earn it. And the counter to that was, well, fine – how do we take care of the guys who are having the money taken away from them who end up being good, who end up earning it? It's one thing to say we're taking the money away because we don't want to give it to the guys who don't earn it, but you're also taking it away from the guys who do earn it. The guys who do become great are going to make less now because we're trying to protect the system from the busts. And the response by the commissioner was, well, the teams will do the right thing and take care of their players who end up being great. Well, one of the reasons it's harder to do it is you're now going to wait three years instead of two. And look at what the Giants have done now. And I'm not faulting the current management, but I kind of am because they've been there for a year now. You got Dexter Lawrence through four years. You haven't given him what he's earned. You've got Saquon Barkley through five years. You haven't given him what he's earned. Daniel Jones had to push it all the way right up to the brink of possibly being franchise tagged before he could get what he's earned. There are three first round picks that have hit for the Giants that haven't gotten paid what they deserve. Jones finally did. Barkley, no. And Dexter Lawrence, no. So he's staying away until he gets that contract, and I fully support his effort to do so because he's proven that he's a first-round pick who isn't a bust. He should get the money now that he should have gotten back in 2019 when he was drafted. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I hear you there. I do. You know, and, and you know, you're you, yeah, I, I think that, no, the owners are a little reluctant at times and some teams and yeah, maybe don't throw the money out there the way we would like. And they skirt with that whole 90% of the salary cap thing and all of that that goes on. I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying there with the giant situation specifically. I mean, it's Saquon, you know, who is only was only two years removed from an ACL injury. Danielle Jones before the year, we weren't sure he was the guy by any stretch of the imagination. Right, so they weren't going to throw money at him yet, all right. And they they took a gamble there with the fifth year option to make sure. Sexy Dexy, right? This is a different one. This is a different one. You you're right. I mean, they paid him, and he's awesome, and he's just starting like the upward trajectory as far as the one of the best defensive tackles in all of football, right? So here's one where he's got he's got some leverage in this situation because he's a guy that's in his prime and got four five six years of real good football left and it's important to the wink martindale defense a guy like this so yeah stay away dexy make the giants pay you top market money 
uh, which is what he should get at, at that position. I mean, he shouldn't be – Dexter Lawrence should be where he's going, somewhere in the – get the Javon Hargrave, in my opinion, type of money we're talking about. Somewhere in that ballpark or that neighborhood. That's where Sexy Dexy is for me, at least, Mike. And one of the things to keep in mind – an example of the landmines that get embedded in the CBA that make it harder for players who are in a position where they want to exert their leverage. If you're on your fifth-year option and you hold out in training camp and you actually miss preseason games as a holdout on your fifth-year option, the fine for missing a preseason game is the amount of a regular season game check. That's a significant fine, and that has caused some guys – now, Khalil Mack wasn't deterred by it a few years back when he wanted out of the then-Oakland Raiders, but that has caused some guys to fold tents and come in or just take the best offer that's on the table. But Dexter Lawrence deserves that contract, and he's doing what he can to get it. It's more obvious why he's staying away. Yeah, He's withholding right. services until he gets the contract he deserves. But yeah. I also think Saquon Barkley is the danger for both guys. Yeah, You work out on your own, and you get injured. For Barkley... They just rescind the tender. They don't They don't give you the money. For Dexter Lawrence, he ends up on the non-football injury list quite possibly and has to has to uh, see that $12 million go away as he, as he attempts to get healthy and, and reestablish himself. So there is risk in doing it. But, but big believer in guys taking a stand when they have to to get paid because the opportunities are few and far between. you got to get your money while you can. Uh, by the way, Lawrence played at Clemson. We're going to have a draft. Later in the program, cool. the best Clemson players currently in the NFL. Yesterday we did Alabama, and I was chastised by one viewer who who was upset that we left off Bart Starr. So if I didn't make it clear yesterday, you have to currently be in the NFL. Yeah, we left off Joe Namath and a whole bunch of people. But Bart Starr <laughs> currently is not in the NFL. Nope. <laughs> uh, neither is Joe Namath. Neither is any other retired or deceased Alabama player. Not in the NFL currently. They're not eligible. Also applies to Clemson and any other school that we may get to as we do this pre-draft series of the players from the various schools who are the best of the bunch in the NFL. Let's take a break. When we return, there is a press conference coming up again today in Baltimore, eight days after Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh would not talk about Lamar Jackson. They'll be back in the same room with Odo Beckham Jr. answering questions. Possibly about Lamar Jackson. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. 